0: we on that haunted ground. Three the three spooked. Girl. Hey there, Spooksters, and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica and I am joined by my wonderful friend Tara. Hey, Spooksters. And if you are like, if you are new, like if you've been listening in the last like monthish or so and you're like, who the hell are you? My name is Jessica. <laughs> I'm the other co-host. I had to step away for a little bit. I had kind of a life-altering, life-threatening hospital visit that maybe one day I will get into. <laughs> <laughs> entirely but I am glad to be back thank you so much I just want to say thank you so much to several people before I finish and go into other things I literally want to say thank you to Tara for holding the fort down here on the pod and really being like a b- the best friend you could ask for like when my husband told her she was like I'm on my way <laughs> and I'm sure Matt had to convince her to like hold off a bit hmm <laughs> And I am so grateful for the love and support that she has shown me through this time. And then I also want to say a big thank you to Matt. Like, thank you for stepping in and, you know, filling in for me while I was indisposed for a bit. But I, I'm very grateful. I mean, Tara's family is literally my extended family. So it made me feel good, like, at the end of the day that I knew you guys were being taken care of by truly amazing people. So... No, you know, (laughs) and then thank you to you listeners for allowing me to take a break and kind of get back in my normal spirits. So, yeah, Uh, (laughs) now that I have the mushy stuff done. If you want to hang out with us, you can do so on social medias by using the handle at 3 Spooked Girls on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also have a fantastic Facebook group. I love this Facebook group. I can say that during my, my downtime in my recovery, it was great to see all of the memes, all the different articles, the discussion posts. I loved seeing, like, you know, we got a new book of the month. This month for August, I already downloaded it on Audible so that I can listen to it this month, so raring to go on that. If you love reading or listening to books, we have a book club, and you can help pick the book because there's a vote each month, so it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. If you want to help support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com backslash 3 Spooked Girls. Or the link tree in the show notes below has a link that'll take you right there. For little as a dollar, you get a bonus episode each month. And then it goes up from there. There has been some changes over there. So definitely check it out. Some really good content that's going to be coming or streaming your way since we're going in a video direction with a lot of our Patreon content. So it's definitely worth a checkout. Well, Mm -hmm. before we head into the content of today's topic, we are going to take a short promo break and we'll be back in just a moment.
2: The devil was once the most beautiful and favored of all the heavenly host. But once infected with the sin of pride, he was cast out of the Lord's sight into the farthest depths of hell. In his humiliation, the devil raged, "'Tis better to rule in hell than serve in heaven. My offspring, the October pod will one day conquer mankind and all the Lord's works. And so, reborn once each month at 1.38 a.m., by man's reckoning of time, the October Pod rises from its slumber, seeking what bold individualists it may devour. Edward October presents October Pod, a terrifying spook show. Available now on YouTube, And at octoberpodvhs.com. Octoberpod, retro horror for bold individualists.
0: Well, welcome back from that short promo break. Before we head into the content, I have the drink of the week and then I'm going to hand it over to Tara and she's going to have a little surprise for you guys. Well, an announcement of sorts. Ooh. So we are talking about the Smurl Haunting, which took place in Pennsylvania. So when I went to the handy dandy trusty Pinterest and typed in Pennsylvania cocktails, I got it's called the Pife. I think it was supposed to be like pirate is what I was looking for. Jen cocktail. So it has old Tom Jen, apple juice and ginger ale, which hmm. all of those things cannot have. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to stick with my Diet Shasta over here. But if you want that recipe, you can head over to our Pinterest and get it there. We do have a Pinterest with all our drinks on it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to hand it over to Tara, and she's going to tell you about our fun announcement we have. Okay,
1: so... This September is our third podversary. We will be three years old officially on September 17th. And quite a few of you last year joined us for our podversary virtual live show. Well, we are going to do that again. It will be posted on social media or may have been already possibly. <laughs> I don't know when this one goes up. It's fine. <laughs> but the event will be in the link tree for you if you'd like to get your Eventbrite ticket. We are doing a lot simpler than our last one, just because of all the stuff that's been going on behind the scenes. It's going to be a $13 general admission, and we will announce the topic Jessica and I are going to be talking about a little closer to Time keeping that a secret now, but yes, it will be Friday, September 17th from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. So, 9 p.m. for our East Coast people. We tried to not make it too, too late. So, at least if you got to get up early the next day, you can at least catch the beginning if you would like. Yeah, so yeah, definitely check that out. But we are gonna jump into the content. So, like Jessica mentioned, we are talking about the Smurl family haunt, and I apologize to CK now because I guarantee one of us is going to say Smurf at least once, probably, because it is what it is.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, when I first was Googling it, I had the... Tara just told me the name. And so I wrote Smurl down really differently and nothing was popping <laughs> up. And I was like, oh. And then I did Google the Smurf haunting, which I was like, oh, they should make like a kid horror movie out of the Smurfs. <gasps> like a Halloween one? Yeah. Oh my God. yeah, With Gargamel? Down, come I'm on. Down. It like writes itself.
1: It would be so cute. I love it. Okay. So how today's going to go is I'm going to talk about the true story because it's kind of like how Jessica had the problem with the honolulu strangler on trying to find a lot of detailed info it's really not there it's just like fucking not so i did find a few articles in a youtube video to watch that helped so i'm gonna walk through the true story and then there was a movie made about this so jessica's gonna talk about that a little, yeah, bit I too, a little later i did not have time to watch it so i'm excited to hear about it from you in a bit <laughs> So, okay. First of all, I have to say that they lived in this house. This family we're going to talk about lived in this house a long fucking time. It's like The Conjuring again.
0: Like longer than The Conjuring.
1: They bought it in 1973. And then depending on the article, they moved into it the end of 73, beginning of 74-ish timeframe or the, you know, whatnot. And then they moved out in 87. They lived in this house a long fucking time. Like forever. I did read though. I will say it is. It kind of made sense when I only read this in one article, so I don't know if it's true. But it said, like, towards the end when they did want to move out, like, in the 80s, they just couldn't afford it. Yeah. So they were stuck, which I get. That's kind of like what happened with The Conjuring people, too. So,
0: you know. Basically, I think to, like, spoil the movie is that they put all their money in the house, which is... Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> don't put all your money in your house because then <laughs> if you try to move, you have no money to move. Yeah.
1: Okie dokie. So for the Smurl family, Jack is our dad slash the husband of the family, the head of the household, what have you, whatever you want to call it. So after he graduated high school, he enlisted into the Navy and he was a corpsman. More specifically, he was a neuropsychiatric technician. Oh, which is, I'm like, that's
0: that's cool.
1: Yeah, I was like, that's fancy,
0: right?
1: <laughs> And he would serve for five years and be honorably discharged in 1965. After he returned from the service, he was hired at Topps chewing gum, and he would actually work there for 31 years. And when he ended his career there, he was a production planning supervisor. That's that's a commitment. Mm -hmm. And it was also stated that he worked at a place called Lord and Taylor as a loss prevention associate and retired in June of 2004. So I don't know if he had like a second job there or what exactly was the deal with that. Those are the two jobs he had during his lifetime. But before all of that, of course, earlier in the times, he found love. He got married to a woman named Janet, and they were together about a year before they got married, and their wedding anniversary was on December 28th, 1968. And there's not really much unfortunately about Janet it's really morbid but like the most information I got about Jack was from his obituary because he died a few years ago which is sad because it's like they ha- they get a fuck we'll get into it he- they have a fuck ton of publicity but it's like they didn't give a fuck about knowing about the family right. they just gave a fuck about the ghost stuff which I'm like it's frustrating but anyways so what I could find though they were described just as a regular family nothing too crazy they were both devout Catholics and they went to church all the time they were a part of their church. They wanted to raise their own family that way. But in 1972, Hurricane Agnes happened. And this was a fucking horrific hurricane. Horrific. There was 2.1 billion, with a B, dollars worth of damage Holy shit. done. shit.
0: And that time yeah. in 72, like that has to be trillions today.
1: Right? And- Even with that high damage amount, though, I mean, this is still a lot of people, but like I expected more. The death toll was one hundred and twenty eight people. I don't know how that is in comparison with other hurricanes. That probably is high unless it's like severe ones like Katrina and stuff
0: like that. But yeah. And I don't know how many deaths were like in Katrina or related to like Mm -hmm. afterwards.
1: Right. Yeah. I'm not sure. That's not anything I really looked at. If anyone knows, please tell Mm -hmm. us. So obviously, this was a huge, huge hurricane. It affected a lot of the East Coast. Obviously, this is where our family is and the Caribbean and then up through Canada. So the Smurls are in Pennsylvania and they lived. Oh, my God. I listened to this town name and now I'm going to say it wrong and someone's going to yell at me. (laughs) (laughs) They lived in Wilkes Bar and their house was completely destroyed. There was so much flood damage like they had to they had to leave. And so the following year, going into 1973, they would move to 328 Chase Street in West Pittston, Pennsylvania. And fun fact, this is next to Scranton. So (laughs) the home they moved into, this was a duplex and it was built in 1896. And it was said to be in a quiet middle-class neighborhood. So like a normal neighborhood. And so what they did was when they moved there Jack's parents moved with them as well mm-hmm. so his parents John and Mary lived on one side and then Jack Janet and they had two girls at the time they moved in named Don and Heather they moved into the other side and they had a German shepherd named Simon mm-hmm. Aww. So <laughs> and this wasn't like I know like I mean I wouldn't want to live in a connected building with my in-laws i love them to death but no like i like having space Mm -hmm. but they apparently fucking loved it like they were all super close they loved it
0: well i guess it'd be really great for babysitting because you'd be like hey yeah watch my kids like you could even build Mm -hmm. like a like a door between the two (laughs) like
1: (laughs) Like a window even Mm -hmm. at least just be like hey popping in are you okay okay bye (laughs) and So it was said that the first about 18 months they lived there, everything was great. There was nothing weird happening. So they got about a year and a half into it. So, yeah, the haunting was from 74 on. So, I mean, they lived there longer than that gap I talked about earlier. But because this house was older, it was a fixer upper and they decided to do some renovations, which Jessica mentioned, you know, they dumped a fuck ton of money. They did a a lot of renovations. And this started to stir up activity, which we've seen in other cases. Doesn't make the ghosties very happy. So at first, it was the usual lights on and lights off. You know, doors opening and closing, all of that. Tools would end up moved, even though no one had touched it. And from here, there would be more activity, including a really disgusting smell in the house that they described as smelling like rotting flesh. Which at first I was like, how do they know what that smells like? But I mean, he worked in the medical field, so like,
0: maybe? I also think (laughs) that there's like this moment, like we've all walked up on like a dead animal somewhere in like a park or something mm. and it's the smell of decay I think mm. people can kind of be like oh that's what that smell is uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think we have to have or I don't even think you have to have first-hand knowledge but you could just be like mm, that's what that smell is
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know but with the smell it would they said it would disappear as soon as it would arrive like it would just come and go mm-hmm. it was, like the weirdest thing to them right and in January of 74 so scooting over to the next year they had a mysterious stain appear on the new carpet that they had just put in there was like nobody had went in there nothing it was just like this weird thing they're like okay what the fuck <laughs> also okay so I have to like let y'all know there's so much crap that happens to this family that I'm pretty much just gonna start listing it off so jack's tv burst into flames when it was unplugged that's fun (laughs) oh my god they said water pipes leaked even after repeated soldering and the new sink and bathtub after they remodeled over there there was these like scratches that looked like an animal like a wild animal had done it and someone was like well what about your dog blah 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 and they're like no their dog was not You know, destructive. So, like, Simon is perfect and wouldn't have done that, okay?
0: I just have a really hard time thinking that German (laughs) Shepherds like water because mine hates water. There would have, like, yeah, if you put her in the bathtub, she'd cause that. But, like, you know, I don't think just like regular, like, let me go in here and scratch up the tub (laughs) for no reason.
1: Right. And going into the next year, apparently their daughter, Dawn, she would tell them that she saw people floating around in her bedroom like apparitions when she was trying to go sleep. Oh, that's fun. Right. And I guess they were kind of like, I mean, I'm sure they probably wrote it off as like she's dreaming or something like Mm -hmm. that. And the other stuff isn't too, too crazy, I guess. So they kind of just like kept living like whatever. So at this time, things were going good. Jack was promoted at work and he was also a softball coach for his daughter. And at this time, Janet, going into 76 or so, Janet became pregnant with their twin girls who were born in 77, named Shannon and Karen. And she also liked to help out at the local high school. She worked and helped organize an anti-drunk driving organization. So she kept busy. She kept busy, which is cool. And then the girls were said to be doing good themselves. You know, they were doing good with school. Things were good with the in-laws. Everyone was happy, right? And so like I said, two more babies came in 77. But of course, like most of these stories, stuff doesn't want 80 because if not, we wouldn't be fucking talking about it. Let's be real. <laughs> and <laughs> it was said that shortly after all of this a couple like bad things happened one the smurls jack and janet they started having money troubles and jack's mom she had a heart attack i know poor mary so a lot going on at once yeah but what's interesting about all of this is around the time this stuff was happening the ghost activity ramped up like big time One thing was Mary and Janet both claimed that they had heard voices in their homes that sounded like the other person, which we hear a lot. Ghosts or bad spirits, what have you, they'll disguise as someone else to try to get trust or try to lure you to Mm -hmm. wherever. One being fucking Janet was like, she said, I heard her calling me from the basement. And so (gasps) I went and I'm like, what would she be doing in your basement? How would she get in your basement without you seeing her in
0: your house? I thought about it. (laughs) Because like this part's in the movie, like spoiler. Oh okay. Yeah, uh-huh. but I thought about it like in the way you're saying it, because it's not exactly how it happens in the movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I was like, if it happened when she hurt her, like they had their laundry in the basement, so maybe as like a money saving like per- like thing that they shared a washer and dryer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like that would yeah, make sense. That could to make me. sense. Yeah. No, you well. know, so that the parents wouldn't have to buy a washer and dryer, they would just have one. That made sense.
1: That could make sense. That could make sense. But still, I'm like, I don't know, because I guess she could, she could have been upstairs. Who knows? But
0: whatever. In the bathroom. Bathroom. Or like who knows?
1: But whatever. It's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, stop putting things that make sense into this. No, she would <laughs> yeah. have seen her. And
1: then on the like the the parents' side, they said that they heard like Jack and Janet's voices having a really bad argument, like cussing at each other, really going at it, really bad, really toxic. So they went over there to be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> Mm. And they were just like sitting there, like nothing was happening. They're like, What the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? Which <laughs> I was like, Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Toilets would flush without anybody using them. Footsteps would be heard on the stairs. Drawers opened and closed. Radios would just start going off and blaring even if they were unplugged. So kind of similar to the TV. And they'd have like porch chairs rock and all of that creepy shit. And Janet says that she was visited by a spirit that uh, violated her and fondled her in her sleep. So there's that. And one night... When Jack was laying in bed, like when Jack and Janet were in bed, he heard like a young woman whispering and he turned to look at his wife, probably to be like, What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Cause you know, it's not like they have phones or anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, What the fuck? And he said he saw a shadowy figure run up her leg.
0: Mm hmm. No, thank you. Mm
1: hmm. And like I said, I'm kind of just like word vomiting all this crap that happened. So I'm going to jump ahead quite a bit to 1985. So this is when like a lot more shit starts happening. And also keep in mind during this like over a decade, they don't. Yeah, about a decade. They don't tell anybody. They just try to deal with it. So that's fun. But here's going to be why they fucking finally say something to somebody. (laughs) So we're in the 80s, right? Well, Jack says he was raped by a succubus while watching a baseball game on the TV in the living room. And he said that the entity looked like an old woman with a young body, which that kind of like confused me. I was like, is it kind of like The Shining where it like starts one way and then changes or like with the other way? But he also said that her eyes were red and her gums were green. Yeah. That's scary. (laughs) And I think, though, the spirit had a attitude, an attitude of I'm going to steal your man because one night while Jay. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's scary. When Janet and Jack were having sex, it said that she, Janet, was picked up by this entity, was dangling in the air like six feet and then thrown across the room.
0: That's not how they depicted it in the movie, but.
1: Oh, my God. I don't know. It's just like, Jesus. And so the house was often described as ice cold, you know, like throughout the whole house and all of that. And then I think what was the scariest thing and kind of like obviously put them at like, okay, we need some freaking help is Mm -hmm. they had this ceiling light. I keep wanting to say fan, but it's a light that they said started shaking violently by itself and then just like appeared to rip off the ceiling and crash down. And it almost killed one of their daughters. It Mm -hmm. cut her like the glass or whatever, cut her and it almost killed her. And so, obviously, if it's actually, like, I mean, the other things are bad, too, but it's like if it's hurting their kids, you know, parents don't fuck around with, with that. So, it was said that they tried to reach out to the Catholic Church for support. They contacted the Roman Catholic Diocese of Scranton, but... They could, you know, they were like, well, we can essentially act like consultants on this, but don't expect any official, official involvement type of situation. And then apparently one article said that Janet thought she was getting help from a priest named Father O'Leary, but apparently this man did not exist, allegedly, because you can decide, it was a demon.
0: Mm -hmm. The fuck?
1: Right? Right. That's crazy. So that scared them even more. That's
0: not in the movie.
1: (laughs) That should have been, right? Like, that would have been fucking epic. So at this point, they decided to contact the Warrens, of The trash humans.
0: I mean, the Warrens. (laughs) Uh, It is
1: trash. Okay, so, but apparently Janet was actually skeptical of them. She thought they were not going to be able to help. She's like, no, Mm -hmm. y'all, no. She didn't believe it, but she's like, at this point, I don't give a fuck. We'll do whatever.
0: Right, I mean the help that she's really wanting, which is from the (laughs) Roman Catholic Church, she's like, please help me. And they're like, yeah, so we're trying to do a new modern spin on things. And like, (laughs) exorcisms just are not this century. So, no thank you. (laughs) And the Warrens are like, Sure, right. <laughs> we'll come on down. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we come in. <laughs> so of course, when they get there, Lorraine, because she's obviously you all probably know, but if you don't, she's clairvoyant, medium, all of that good stuff. She's the real yes. deal. So they go around, and she concludes that there is four spirits in the house. It was said to be a harmless elderly woman, a young and possibly violent girl, a man who suffered and died in the home, and a demon who had used the other three spirits to go after the Smurl family. So, we got a whole gang going on here. So, the Warrens were said to call in Bishop Robert McKenna. And he was said, he's described as a traditional priest who refused to abide by the changes in ritual mandated by the Second Vatican Council.
0: Ooh, rebel without a. Oh, God, I wish I was more. Rebel with a cause. (laughs) I was like, I wish I had more like lingo in the Catholic Church because I'm like, I'm sure there's something like rebel with a, a bishop hat. I don't. All the Catholics right now are screaming the name at me. My husband in the other room is like, it's this.
1: (laughs) It was said that he had performed more than 50 exorcisms for the Warrens. So he's one of those that worked with them. I wonder if it's... No, he had a different name because there's like a priest in a few of the movies. I'm like, I wonder if that's him. But no, I think he has a different name.
0: I honestly think that like the it was like one priest and they just gave him different names. Because in the movie, (laughs) they're like, he's not Catholic anymore. He's Lutheran. And I was like, okay, that's weird. I don't know anything
1: about any of that stuff. So, yeah, I have no fucking clue, (laughs) y'all. Apparently, he conducted an ancient rite and this pissed the demon off. Makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. And their daughter, Karen, got super sick. She got like, it says, a strange fever and nearly died. I don't know exactly what all that entailed but she got really sick and it was really scary and then apparently the entity tried to go and rape dawn and janet and mary both had scratch marks and bite marks on their arms and on their Mm. body and it was just really affecting the whole family negatively like they were all super depressed makes sense right and at this point apparently ed explained that they had moved into the second demonic stage oppression which follows infestation and is followed by possession and death I'm like, Jesus, fuck. It was in the movies. I'm just being annoying.
0: <laughs> I mean, I just want to say, like, I'll talk about them in there. But, like, one thing I will say about this movie, which is weird, because the Warrens were involved. Like, Lorraine is painted as the actual, like, you know how normally it's always Ed and Lorraine's always, like, yeah yeah, yeah. toned down? Like, this actually portrayed Lorraine as, like, the actual, like, real deal. And Ed is more of, like, <laughs> I know book stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. i mean that could have been real life <laughs> who
0: knows no i i think it was very close to actual real life i think that yeah. I mean, you guys know that we think that ed manipulated lorraine and mm-hmm. used her gifts to make money yeah
1: yeah there's gonna have to be like an expose episode of them we're gonna have to do that so okay
0: <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of we
1: hate him Yes, we hate him. He's trash. Okay, so the priest, McKenna, Mr. McKenna, Father McKenna, whatever. I'm not religious. It's fine. Someone Father. will probably leave a bad review about that because they also hate my cousin.
0: I still think it's me. I still think they were like, <laughs> the other one cousins too much. I like him better.
1: <laughs> no, it was pretty sure they listened to an episode of me and Matt, but it's fine. I'm like, did I even cuss that much? I don't even know. Anyways, That's why I think it's me. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. I'm over it. So he did another exorcism in the spring and, of course, (laughs) no luck. And it was said that the demon even went on camping trips with them to the Poconos and fucked with Jack at work. I mean. It didn't like Jack.
0: This is one of those things where we talk about that, like, demons attach to people and not necessarily Mm -hmm. to places. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And they, at this point, they're like, well, they thought that too, because they're like, well, if we move, the demon's just gonna come with us, like...
0: Which is an excellent point for not moving, (laughs) being like, if I go to work and it's there, of course, when I move to a new house, it will come with me.
1: Right, they went to the Poconos and it was there, so, like, you know what I mean? Like, they went, like, away. Yeah, so... Apparently, the church is like, no, we're not going to mess with you. Goodbye. So this is when they decided to do a TV appearance, right? And they were anonymous for this. They they talked to Richard Bay on a Philly talk show called People Are Talking. And apparently after this, the demon was poosed. And it said that Janet was thrown against the wall again. So it's just thrown Janet all around the house, apparently. And then... A entity appeared to Jack and he was described as a monstrous creature resembling a pig on two legs. I I, I can't. My brain can't even like, what?
0: (laughs) I'm thinking of like the. there's like a cartoon pig. I think it might be the cartoon version of Charlotte's Mm -hmm. Web where like Wilbur stands up on his back legs (laughs) at one point possibly in like a dreamy type song i don't know there's like i've seen it like what popped into
1: my head was all those mutilated toys from toy story from sid i thought of like a pig with barbie legs
0: or something (laughs) i immediately the second thing that popped into my head was the fetal pig from the bob's burger episode where tina like like do the dissecting and then she's haunted (laughs) by it because it's always on two legs
1: Oh, God. If anyone wants oh, to draw the Smurl pig, please do. <laughs> Smurl pig. And then apparently after he saw the this pig thing, a human hand rose up through the mattress. So now we're like a like American Horror Story hotel. Grabbed Janet by the back of the neck and Jack got raped again. Poor Jack. Poor she Jack. She can't get to break. <laughs> we can't literally it's horrible and as this story started getting media attention it literally went worldwide like not even just across the u.s like there was a video i watched that had mentioned some of the neighbors and stuff like that and they said there was like a news source there from like Germany that came and they were like swarming the house trying to see if they could see anything like from outside happening and people like not report media people would go and do the same shit like it was just like a lot of fucking people all the goddamn time like around there and this was a small town like they had under 5,000 people I believe it was so super super small so that you know this was totally disrupting everybody And obviously people didn't like that. Going into 86 or so, like people started, you know, talking shit and being like, this is a hoax. They're just trying to get attention, you know, that kind of stuff that comes with These kind of stories, but they did an interview with the Wilkes Bar Sunday Independent newspaper, and that interview is what caused all like the circus shit with like fucking everybody coming through type of stuff. And basically, after this, the movie that Jessica talk about came would be contracts would be coming up, and then the book contract, all of that. So they're like, oh, they're doing this for money, yeah. And then this guy named Paul Kurtz, he was the chairman of the Committee of the Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal, or CSICOP. I'm like, CSICOP? Okay.
0: <laughs> I just like that it's like such an official name and it literally means nothing. Right. <laughs> Like there's it's not an actual like law enforcement. But they're investigators, though. So they were based out of Buffalo
1: mm-hmm. and they told the Smarl family that they would pay for a week in a hotel with private security guard while they examined the house to see what was going on. And they also offered free psychological and psychiatric examinations to try to see if anything, anything underlying may be causing any kind of like hallucinations, things like that, right? And according to the Smurl family, they said that this organization already had their mind up that this was a hoax and, you know, this wasn't going to go good. They knew it wasn't and they wanted to obviously work with the church and the Warrens. But apparently two of their investigators went to the home And the Smarrell family's like, nope, fuck you. Goodbye. (laughs) But later, Paul, there was an article he wrote for the Skeptical Inquirer. I'm like, where are all these things? And then apparently this organization also had a PSYCOP journal. Mm. I'm like,
0: interesting. Makes sense. Their own publication.
1: And they said that this case was not paranormal and that... The Smurls denied them access because they were afraid of what the organization would discover. And he cited discrepancies in Dawn's account of her experiences, and they were critical of the Warrens, which I'm like, if you're already critical about the paranormal at this house, obviously you're critical about the Warrens, like <laughs> duh. Dawn is a child,
0: like right, and exactly. it's a traumatic experience. And some children have a hard time recalling traumatic like details.
1: Right, exactly. And he also suggested, I grabbed the bullet points for you guys on the exact things he suggested. He said these were natural explanations for the phenomena experienced by the Smurls. One, abandoned mine voids in the area, settling and creating strange noises. Two, delusions by Jack Smurl that he was raped by a ghost. So he's implying he has some kind of mental illness, I guess. Three, a broken sewer pipe was causing the foul smells. And four, pranks done by teenagers. Which I'm like, for that fucking long, those teenagers would have turned into adults. Would they really keep on? And I feel like somebody would have got caught.
0: Right. Also, in the the discrepancy in Don's story, like, These Mm -hmm. things happen multiple times. So, like, if you're having these traumatic events and they're happening over and over and over again, you might mix up some details of, like, what happened when. Like, could you imagine, like, being in your room at night and then, like, hearing your parents screaming because an entity is tossing them about?
1: Exactly. Oh, also, I have things to pick up. He has more stuff that I'm going to pick apart. So he points out that there's no police records of complaints of the haunting by Janet, even though she said she contacted the police, which I'm like, say she did. Do you really think a dispatcher or an officer's real, like, unfortunately, really going to make a police report for a haunting? No, they're not. Right. They're going to be like, OK, ma'am, goodbye. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh, bye. Yeah.
0: I was and what if she just like happened to like the next day walk into a police station and tell someone what happened and they just laugh at her and then she walk away like stop being well like, so judgy exactly
1: and even if she went to follow up i'm sure like because it was a small town everybody fucking knew so like they'd right. be like okay you know what i mean right and then of course he talked about you know the money thing like i already talked about saying you know they wanted the movie they wanted all this da 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 but the smurls are like no we're not doing this for money like we just want this shit to stop hello right but i guess that it's really kind of confusing. So I get, cause I watched like a part of, there'll be, it'll be on the sources page. There's a YouTube video. It's like an hour and a half. So I didn't watch all of it, but they talk about this stuff too, right? And apparently, Ed Warren kind of like raised doubts with reporters and made them a little skeptical because there was a press conference he had in August of 1986. He said they had recorded paranormal sounds, which was groanings and gruntings and things like that, and had videotaped an unclear image of a dark mass moving through the house. And when asked to produce the tapes, he declined, which I'm kind of like, well, I mean, it's his shit. He right. doesn't have to give it to you.
0: It's not <laughs> like it's evidence in a crime it's a reporter asking for something and i mean i can understand they don't have the best relationship with the media and could you imagine if they like Mm -hmm. destroyed his tape or if they Mm -hmm. bastardized it by like editing things into it you know i could see where Ed would be like, not that I think Ed's a good person or make good choices, but I could see where he would be skeptical.
1: And then I guess like shit kind of went around to, he said to one reporter that he gave it to a TV company and they're like, well, what one? And he's like, I can't remember. And then I guess another time he told them that they handed it over to the church. And I'm just like, well, they were like, why would you even go that route? The church wanted nothing to do with you. And like... (laughs) You're doing all these interviews with your wife, so like you should have just said the TV company, even if you kept it, dummy, or just said I have it. You're not having it, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and of course, reporters asked to stay in the house, and they were like, "No, no, no," and all of that. And basically, it came out about like how a couple other priests had went to the house in the beginning, and they and it was so funny because they were like, "And priest so and so said he was going to move in for a while and to witness the activity. After two days, he left." I'm like, "Oh." Okay. <laughs> Great. So basically, like at this point, the Smurl family was overwhelmed. They didn't want to deal with the press anymore. So this is when like the Warrens kind of just like became the forefront of this case, right? Now, apparently they also, besides Lorraine, they talked, they worked with another medium named Mary Alice Rinkman and she came and, you know, took a look at the house, all of that, and she agreed that there was those four entities that Lorraine brought up that I mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. and she said, Mary said, one was a confused old woman named Abigail and the other was a man named Patrick who had murdered his wife and her lover And then had been hanged by a mob. Wow. But she couldn't specifically identify the third. But the fourth was said to be a powerful demon. Is what she said. Which I'm like oh gosh.
0: Why all old ghost ladies be named Abigail? (laughs) I feel like (laughs) every time they're like. And then it's not making fun of them. Just saying I feel like there's just a lot of old ghost lady Abigails out there. Like there's not really like. jessica
1: right exactly i know it's like that meme where it's like why is there no like early 2000s ghosts? like what the fuck Mm -hmm.
0: it's because (laughs) we're all tired that's what happened we're 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 napping we're like
1: yeah we're not gonna haunt you for like 200 years leave us alone
0: (laughs) maybe it's like a thing like maybe you can't haunt until like you've earned your stripes on the other side
1: we'll find out we'll find out one day So with all of this crazy, like, media circus going on, the the Scranton Catholic Church I mentioned earlier, they finally were like, okay, I guess we'll take over this investigation and help if we have to. Like, you know, they were very reluctant about it. I'm being a lot more snooty than they, like, they probably were. Who knows? (laughs) But the Warrens had planned this mass exorcism with several priests. And prayer groups went into the house to help. Give comfort. And it was said that the Reverend Alphonsus traveled of the Saint Bonaventure University, Jesus Christ, was asked by the Scranton Church to investigate. And he said he believed the Smurls were sinc- were sincere and disturbed by the events, but could not say whether demonic presence was the true cause. Got it. Yes. And Father McKenna had to swoop back in. He came a third time to exercise the house a third time in September of 1986. And supposedly this time it was effective and they were good for about three months. So once those three months came, it was around Christmas time of 86, Jack saw the black form apparition thing again and when this article's like and it beckoned him into the third stage of possession <laughs> like jesus but he was said to clutch his rosary and prayed hoping this was an isolated incident but everything came right back up Well, as you guys know, we mentioned in the beginning, they do eventually move out. They moved to another town, actually, before the book came out, The Haunted. And this was set to come out in 1988. And the church performed a fourth exorcism in 1989, which seemed to finally give them peace. And the film version of this, titled The Haunted, was released in 1991 and with that i'm gonna let jessica tell us about this movie
0: in fact it was released on may 6th 1991 (gasps) wow yeah and it's based on like tara said it's based on the book the haunted one family's nightmare by robert corinne and ed and lorraine warren so it's their Mm. version of the story
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: which is interesting because in your telling of the story like the real life events ed and lorraine are very much involved in this one, they're more of like sideline consultants. Like they come to the house, they send a priest, and they meet a couple of times, but for the most hmm. part, they're like only on the phone.
1: Interesting. But you know, their stories change a lot. And then as mm-hmm. there's like movie books and movies on other cases, it also changes. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I I think this is one where, like, maybe because it was on a network, because it was on Fox Network, I think they Mm. were like, maybe we should, because they were still very much practicing at the time. They, like, pulled back so they looked more credible versus, like, how they, like, if they were involved the whole time, people might be like, well, they're not very good at their job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I said, it was produced by Fox Network and actually premiered. It was a made-for-TV movie, Mm. so let that be known. The (laughs) runtime is... (laughs) A hundred minutes. Okay. So according to Wikipedia, the plot of this is the Smurl family moves into a new home on Chase street, only to find that they're plagued by three spirits and a demon. The demon wants to destroy their family and they are desperate for help until they find the Warrens, which is like kind of not how the movie goes. (laughs) At least that's not how I interpret (laughs) it. It starred Sally Kirkland who played Janet and Jeffrey Mm -hmm. Damon, who played Jack You probably, if you saw their faces, you'd be like, oh, yeah, they were on TV in the 90s. Yeah, that's kind of how they are. I could only find this movie on YouTube. It told me it was on Prime, and then I went to Prime, and I was all excited, and I typed it in, and it was like, this video is not available. I was like, liars. (laughs) But it's a very 90s movie, but the quality on YouTube is grainy. I apologize. It's what I found. But it is watchable, like... Some parts you're like, oh, is that a face? <laughs> oh, that's her face. It's just blurry. Okay. So the story is told by Janet's point of view. She's the main character in the narrator. And it shows her family move in. The, the in-laws moving in the duplex next door. They seem really happy. And like, things right away start happening, which is like the dad, Jack, is under the sink. And he's, you know, fixing something and the hammer is missing. And then there's like a weird stain, not on the carpet, but in the paint. So she has Mm. to paint over There was
1: also a time, I can't remember if it was, like, early on or later, but there was, like, a – was it on the ceiling? Because there was a handprint on the ceiling, and they were like, we had 10-foot ceilings, so Mm. how would anybody get up there? That's what something that happened to. You
0: know how, like, it always shows, like, the the oozy, like, water stains Uh, down the wall? mm -hmm, That's kind of what it looked mm -hmm, like. Yeah. And then instead of the TV bursting into flames, it was a Mm. toaster that had not been plugged in. Like, they said the house needed a lot of repair, so they talk about that a lot. About 10 minutes into the movie, Janet goes down to the basement to do laundry, which I feel is the beginning of every good horror movie.
1: (laughs) Right? A basement. Someone (laughs) is doing
0: laundry in a basement. Mm. Like, we just know. And she hears her mother-in-law, Mary, yelling for her, yelling, Janet, Janet. And so she's, like, yelling back, like, she calls her mom in the movie. She's like, mom, Mm. mom. So at first I was like, wait, is it her mom or his mom? It's his mom. Mm. So then she goes to upstairs to investigate or like starts to walk upstairs to investigate and Mary doesn't hear. But the last time she hears the voice, it's in the basement with her. (gasps) She's scared and she runs upstairs and she the door slams behind her. Mm -hmm. Then she goes over to talk to Mary to be like, were you in my house? Like calling my name. And Mary is quite upset because she has heard some very foul language between her and Jack. (laughs) And she's like, Jack isn't even home. And Mary's like, I don't believe you. Like the attitude Mary gives is very like pious. Like she's folding her handkerchiefs and she's like, Mm-mm. I raised my son to be a good Catholic boy. He may have picked up a few bad words in the Navy, but and she goes, but I never expected it of you. I was like, oh shit, she's calling you out. Mm-hmm. So basically, now they're both like they leave each other both very confused. And Janice is like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. What is happening? So Janet tells Jack and Jack's like, whatever. He like brushes it off and just basically saying that like Janet is like overworking herself with all her volunteering and all this stuff. And she's probably just starting to imagine things because she's so tired, which I was like, oh, how to talk down to your wife can you be? Like, seriously. So later that night, while they're in in the bedroom, Jack is asleep and Janet is laying there like pondering life. Like, what was that? What happened? Why? Blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. And all of a sudden, like, she rolls over and she's, like, facing away from Jack. But then she starts feeling these, like, fondlings on her legs. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming her her privates mm-hmm. because she was enjoying it a little much. Mm-hmm. And she, like, rolls over to face Jack. And then she realizes he's, like, not even facing her. He's, like, rolled over the other way. And so then she wakes up and wakes him up. And he's, like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Calm down, lady. The next morning is super chaotic. Like, her daughter just wants tape, and she just had tape in her hands. She's like, it's on the counter or in the drawer. It was nowhere. Later, after all the kids leave, after she's fed them and they're gone, she finds the tape in the refrigerator. Her oldest daughter suggests, like, Mom, maybe, like, just need a break. Why don't you go hang out with some friends? So she goes bowling. Which I was oh. like, that, that's cool. And one <laughs> of her friends, who's her neighbor, who I did not catch her name, but that's fine, suggests that she sees a therapist, and Janet's like, ugh. I would rather not. (laughs) So then later that night basically janet's oldest daughter is dating and she goes out on a date and all the other children are downstairs and Mm -hmm. jack isn't home yet and she hears water running so she calls upstairs thinking like maybe her older daughter came home and went upstairs to take a bath like she just didn't notice which is interesting because if this is the case like janet doesn't notice people coming to go in from her house very well like mother-in-law's in the house that kind of stuff but she goes upstairs and there's no one there and then she hears like you know footsteps and things like that and so she's really frazzled Well, Jack gets homely. He's part of... They're part of the Lions Club. Jack gets home really late from the Lions Club. He'd had some beers with some guys. And Janet goes from accusing him of cheating on her, telling him that I'll leave you if you cheat on me, to there's voices and footsteps and all that jazz in this house. And Jack is just like, what the fuck? Like, you need to get your shit together, Mm -hmm. lady. Which makes total sense. Like, if you came home and your spouse accused you of cheating on them, and then went, like, there's a ghost in the house, you'd be like, (laughs) okay, you need sleep. Janet wants to move, but Mary with her bad heart and all their money is tied up in the house. They can't afford it. Jack's really mad. So Janet is crushed. Her own husband doesn't believe her. So the next Mm. day she's talking to the neighbor. A friend, the one that was like, maybe you should go to therapy. I was wondering if anything bad happened to the house. And the friend tells her, I don't think so. Why? What's going on? So she tells her, like, I think there's ghosts. The friend reassures her that there are good and bad spirits, that she believes in them. And this is the first kind of mention of the Warrens without using their name. Basically, she references, like, a show Mm -hmm. they had been on. So, you know, Janet's like, okay, I'll think about it. So one day she's ironing. And she looks up and there's this dark form there and, like, kind of, like, floats up and down and, like, back and forth at her and then just leaves the room. Then it disappears and she kind of follows where it was headed and she goes to her in-laws and knocks on the door and John answers and he's like, oh, my God, there's there's something here. And Mary is, like, super afraid because, like, she saw it, too. So it's not just her. Like, it's not just mm-hmm. Janet seeing it. yeah. Oh, no. Oh, that's right. John wasn't there. It was just Mary. Because then they go out. Mary and Janet take their husbands out to eat. And they tell them this. And both husbands are like, we don't believe you. Which I'm like, is fucking Mm -hmm. typical of a horror story. Like, that's all it always is. Yeah. So what's an 80s mom to do? She doesn't have the internet. So she goes to the library and she finds out that the neighborhood was actually built over an old mine shaft. And that in the 1930s, the house where they lived actually caved in into a collapsed mine. And then they dug it out. And when they dug up the house, they found bones in the shape of a pentagram. Uh Uh-oh, that's bad. Right? So Janet shares this with Jack, which he thinks is crazy. Until that night when they're in bed, Janet wakes him up because she's hearing voices. And he's like, no, you're not. And she's like, put your head on my pillow. And he puts his head on her pillow and hears the voices. He hears them twice. So now he's like, "Okay, this is weird. So he kind of believes this. So then they're like cuddling on the bed and then like on his side, because he's like, you can sleep on my side with me tonight because like your pillow is obviously possessed. So it's your side of the bed, not mine. And when they're sleeping, the ghostie pulls down the covers and starts touching and fondling her leg, which then she wakes up and yells and Jack sees it. And he actually puts, like, in the movie, he puts his leg over her leg and, like, he could oh. feel the touching. Oh. Right. So he yells for it to stop. And it does. So then they go to church on Sunday. And they were like, hey, priest, our father, the priest there, could you come to dinner on Friday? So he agrees. And they kind of explain at dinner, like, like once the kids are out of the room, because at this point, they haven't told the kids anything. They're just like, it's the house settling. It's fine, kids. That smell is." <laughs> they always knows. try to say that the house is settling. Right. So they tell him and he just kind of goes around and blesses each room. And when he goes upstairs, he gets this really bad feeling and he's not feeling well. And then he leaves. So then he's like, I promise I'll reach out to the diocese and see what they say. Well, the diocese gets back to him, but he doesn't tell them. And the diocese is like, no dice, because this is modern Catholic church. Modern Catholic church do not do exorcisms. But that's a little ahead of us. So Jack is like, "Okay, this has got to work. Like the priest blessed us. We're fine. Which, you know, in horror movies, that just means shit's about to get real worse. Mm hmm. But at this point, some time passes. The oldest daughters are about to be confirmed, and Janet is helping her daughter get dressed and like kind of handle her nerves. They're in the kitchen singing Amazing Grace, which apparently this pisses off the demon because the light fixture, like Tara mentions, shatters to the floor as just as their other daughter like sat up from the or like got up from the table, and so she got a, a minor scratch. In the movie she gets a minor scratch because they put a band-aid on it and then they go to the confirmation. So <laughs> okay. they totally downplayed her. <laughs> her almost dying. Mm.
1: Yeah, because that was, like, when the thing when she almost died and stuff happened after her confirmation. So that's interesting. Mm. Hmm.
0: Yeah, this, in the movie, it happens before. So then they go to the church, and this is when, like, the priest is like, look, the Catholic church isn't going to help you, blah, blah, blah. But I suggest you go to marriage counseling because I think that that's what it's it's going to try to destroy your marriage, the demon. So you should definitely go to marriage counseling, which I thought was mm-hmm. interesting. So at this point, they're like, what do we do? They wanted to leave, but they couldn't afford to leave. Both families, both the in-laws and Jack and Janet, they wanted to leave, but there was just, like, no money. So Janet started running down experts trying to figure this out. Even, like, local historian-type people to, like, talk about, like, what happened in the house. But they kept running into dead ends. So eventually, they call the Warrens. So... And just so that you, just so the Koincid didn't get everything at this, they just happened to be lecturing in the local college.
2: Oh, so just like the very convenient
0: <laughs> Yeah, in the plot line. Very convenient. So Janet goes and hears Ed and Lorraine speak at the And after the lecture, she talks to them. And she tells them what's happening. And Lorraine is like, okay, we have to go. Because, like, at first, Ed kind of is like, yeah, it's cool that you have... Like, maybe you have hauntings. Maybe you don't. Like, he's trying to act like there's, like, some skepticism there. But, like, I'm sure he was, like, frothing at Mm -hmm. the mouth for that experience. So... At this point, she tells Jack, like, the Warrens are good to come just as long as you sign off on it. And he's like, I don't know. Like, people are going to think we're weird, blah, blah, blah. But then this is when he gets raped while watching baseball. And then he's like, mm. Yeah, fucking call the Warrens. Cause like, that bitch was crazy. She had, <laughs> she had gross teeth for sure.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh huh.
0: So at this point, Jack, it's safe to say Jack is on board and the Warrens have come over. And Lorraine does her thing where she like goes through the house, which I thought was really interesting because they like just have her walking through the house with like a crucifix, just like a crucifix, <laughs> like no holy water, no nothing, just a crucifix. And this is where she goes in the kid's room and the mobile starts spinning. And she's like, oh, Jesus, you know, like, oh, my gosh. She's very like dramatic about it. Mm. And then she goes into their closet and she smells the horrible smell. So uh-uh. then... She walks out of their room and looks down the hallway towards the master, and there are two ghosts standing there, and they're wearing, like, period clothing, which is, like, the old lady and then the possibly mm-hmm. violent girl. Then she comes down and tells them about the four spirits, like Tara mentioned, an older woman, a younger girl who's possibly violent, a man that had died or suffered greatly in the home, and then the rapist demon. Which is funny because the scene... I'm not It's not funny. It's not funny. In the scene where they, they pan to the Warrens, they're like, we've only seen a few cases with that level of, like, rape energy. Like, that was the kind of the line. I was like, really? That's what you went with, people? It's more funny, like, funny, like, oh, guys, really? You couldn't have written that better. Mm -hmm. It's fine. So at this point, you know, they're like, okay, we're going to do, you know, some prayers and stuff like that. But the Warrens just piss off the entities Mm -hmm. more. Like, really. And then it kind of calms down and everyone's like oh, okay it's over so jack and janet think oh it's over but they're wrong because later that night they're woken up to the sound of gunshots and like door slamming and like screaming and they're one of their kids which they don't have the same names in the movie as they do in real life like one of their kids was like i don't know dragged from her bed and floated into the living room and then dropped from the second story kind of the feeling mm. i got from that hmm. So at that point, they're like, we have to, like, the next day, like, we have to get out of this. We have to get out of here for a few days. So they're like, we're going to go camping. So they're having this, like, really great time. They're making s'mores. They're laughing, blah, blah, blah. And then the dogs are barking. And they just keep, like, making references, like, the dogs are going to bark all night long at that stupid raccoon. And then the daughter, the one that was, like, picked up and dropped, she, like, looks over at their picnic table and the entity, the big black entity, is just standing there, like, the mass of Mm. energy. And so Jack picks up a rock to throw at it. And Janet's like, don't do it. We don't know what it'll do. And I was like, that's smart. Yeah, that's good Thank God one of them. Because I was like, no, that could have ended bad. So they're like, basically, we can't go anywhere. So they call the Warrens, which is like the relationship that they basically show is the rest of the movies. Mm -hmm. The Warrens are on the phone with them. They're like, "Okay, we're going to have to get the house exercised. So they call a priest who's a Lutheran. He's an ex-Catholic priest to like you know come in and he does he comes in and does a exorcism but he says that normally exorcisms are done by three priests but lucky for him jack was an altar boy so he could fill in i'm like that doesn't count that's not the same that's like being like one time i played doctor as a kid it's the same it's like no there's other qualifications i'm pretty sure Yeah. So the priest began the exorcism and the family begins to pray and the demon doesn't like this and starts screaming and smashing things. They keep praying and they keep praying until it stops, which then they have peace. And then it smells like roses. And he's like, this is what happens when the exorcism is done and good. You smell roses. And for some time they had peace. And every once in a while they'd smell roses, which I think was just the demon fucking with them. Oh, man. (laughs) You're like, Oh, remember that really great feeling you felt when all this stopped? Oh, here's here's like an olfactory, like, stimulant that's going to make you feel like everything is fine. (laughs) Just kidding, it's not. So now Janet is, like, walking downstairs to do laundry and she basically feels something, like, push her. And she yells no and she falls backwards and she's like pre- like so she's screaming and praying and like running to get her holy water. And so she gets her holy water and she's like dabbing on her side where she like fell against the steps. And then she kind of realizes she's like, oh, my God, I just tripped. That's all this is. But at that exact time or very soon after, Mary's vacuuming in the house next door in the other duplex and she sees the demon and it gets really close and almost touches her. <gasps> so she's very scared. And Mary has a weak heart. Remember, she had a heart attack. Mm. So at this point, Janet's like, fuck everyone. Nobody's listening to me. The church needs to help. I'm going to the bishop. So she goes to the office in Scranton and the bishop is like not available to see her and doesn't have availability for like three months. So she tells the secretary what's going on. And the secretary is like, write down your name and number. We will be getting back to you. (laughs) (laughs) So then the next scene is in Jack and Janet's bedroom Basically, this hand goes around Jack's neck, kind of, and, like, makes him go into, like, a deep sleep. And then it picks up Janet and throws her about the room. And she's screaming, and Jack is just sleeping, like, out of it. Which I think would be more terrifying to be, like, being tossed about, but to see the other person just being like, Oh, this is the best sleep of my life. Like, (laughs) oh, my God. This is, like... And it would be such a mind trip. So then Mm -hmm. Janet ends up waking him up and he's trying to help her. But then he becomes instantly paralyzed. And then they basically like, that's it for Jack. He's like, I want to go to the press. We need help. Maybe if we go to the. So he's talking to the Warrens and he basically tells them. I want to go to the press because I think then it'll make the Catholic Church help us. So they were like, that's not a good idea. Don't do it. Which I was like, don't do it because then they can't have the whole story. Facts. <laughs> right. At one point, he sees the demon in like the the blobby form. Mm. And he starts taunting it as very Baggins energy, like very Zach Baggins energy. Baggins, Baggins, sorry. <laughs> very much. I was like, oh, Lord. So the story kind of starts picking up. Like Tara said, like in real life, people were like camped out on their lawn, like reporters. They were like really trying to get this story and it so it basically backfired like they just wanted help but now they had this whole other chaotic thing like they show in the in the movie like people were faking being possessed and stuff on the lawn and everything like that and so while the reporters are there and the looky-loos the bishop sent Father Kent to stay in the home now he was supposed to stay for a while but he only stayed for two days because nothing happened while he was there which I was like if I was a smart demon there was a priest there I would not show myself during that time because then they're gonna have an exorcism and I want to stay in the home and destroy them mm-hmm. so so like let's not do that. <laughs> so the priest leaves. Janet runs after him. Like don't leave. And then people are basically like yelling and trying to attack her. Like mm. you know they threw yeah. a brick through her window. <gasps> Grandpa, yeah, Grandpa John grabs a gun and is like Ooh, fending them off. The
1: fucking be like get the fuck out of here.
0: Yeah, so Grandpa John is on the porch with a gun. And then the reporters are all going crazy because they're like, mm. we want a story. We want to come in. Like, let us in the house. Let us, like, stay, mm. blah, blah, blah. So Jack gets home with the girls, and they're all, like, trying to get inside, and people are harassing them. And Jack's like, what the hell is going on? And <laughs> John's like, get your gun. So then Jack and John are out on the porch with guns. I'm like, oh, oh God, Jesus.
1: That's bad. They're
0: defending their home. Yeah. And at this time... The lady next door who is like, you should get therapy or I have this prayer group shows up with her prayer group and they all go inside and they're singing and they're praying. And basically this helps the family and there's this time of peace in the home and even the reporters like get into it in the movie like they all have these candles and they're all like kneeling down and praying for the family and and so basically the family is like yay we're free and they move because they end up moving because the press like everyone knew where they were and they were getting no peace and also like crazy people were like trying to like get into the house (laughs) So the movie ends with Janet hearing her name being called, like, the first time in the last movie and then her staring off into the the abyss. So you mm-hmm. know that it's happening again. And then it flashes and it says, the so the last image is, like, black with, like, white font. Like, you remember the old school, like, mm-hmm. kind of thing? It said on there that the church finally sanctioned an exorcism in May of 1986 and that they lived happily ever after after <laughs> that. Mm. Okay. so that is the so that is the movie it's quite like it's like you're like oh so that's what happened okay like, Sounds I, like very when 90, i was watching though. right when i was watching the movie i just had to text tara i was like did the rape really happen and she's like yeah. yeah i was like oh thank god they only did it once in the yeah
1: in lisa and show multiple times yeah that would have so been
0: bad glad. So with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. It was definitely different. I like the stories where it's like, I like stories like this where it's like kind of like part of American horror culture.
1: Right. But I hadn't heard of it. Mm -hmm. I think we kind of someone had suggested it. So, yeah,
0: I liked it. I was it was Mm -hmm. I mean, it was an interesting story because it had a lot of the same themes in it that we see a lot with like Ed and Lorraine, the Warrens. Mm But I think this also, like the telling of it in the movie form, they really took themselves out of it. So mm-hmm. unlike the conjuring, which is like, "Hello, we're the Warrens, yeah. Let us be here." <laughs> so with that, we're gonna go ahead and sign off. Remember if you want to get get a ticket to our third anniversary live show, just either like check socials or the link tree or wherever ever you can find a link. <laughs>
1: or ask us just ask tag us whatever we will get it to you (laughs) we will make sure you get it
0: with that we're gonna sign off we'll see you next time guys bye bye